Welcome to episode 35 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. In this episode, I'm talking with Ella Wright, who is the founder of Start the Conversation, where she teaches leaders and teams how to solve problems better through strategic one-to-one coaching. Check out the episode to hear Ella discuss why it's important for companies to have a common language, how to develop your personal user's manual, and why you should always ask your question. I hope you enjoy. Ella, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. Ella, to get things started, why don't you maybe just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your journey, and really what it is that you're working on today. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I, I recently, I guess, starting at the most recent experience, maybe that's a little out of order, but I've, I've been working for myself for the past three months, and I do consulting on employee development for small businesses, and then I also coach individuals on their employee journey. So I I mean, career coaching is what a lot of people call it. But I from a fairly early time in my career was really fascinated around communication and the employee experience. And so I had the opportunity to be in training and leadership development at the very first company that I worked at, Uh, kind of saw what people on those teams were doing, what they were involved in. And so actually just reached out to the director of those departments and said, hey, if you ever need help on a training project, uh, let me know. I'm interested and I have zero experience, but I was in a leadership role at the time. So I knew I loved leading and developing people. And then through a series of projects and kind of shadowing and and learning the ropes, I, I eventually ended up in an assistant manager position over the training for a good portion of this call center. And we did everything from the onboarding to the leadership development. And that's really what piqued my interest in, yeah, leadership specifically. So I fast forward, did a a master's in organizational leadership. And then most recently was working for a company managing a team who created the leadership development programs. And so I've always just had a passion for understanding, you know, what makes, what makes us want to listen to someone, to engage with someone, to follow and do what they say. And then also at the individual level, if you don't have a leader or a team or an environment that is, is inspiring or supportive for you, what are the things that you can do independently to get clarity and propel yourself forward in your career? So that's that's what I get to do. Most of my clients are small businesses who don't have their own HR and talent team or or aren't in that phase yet. And I'm helping them build everything from their org strategy to just helping uh, with their their leadership training. So that's a little about me. I'm I'm originally from Utah, but I currently live in the Midwest and not ready for the Midwest winters. But I love the people here and I I love this part of the country. So. Yes, growing up in northeastern Ohio and now living in South Carolina, I have a, a true appreciation for not being there for the cold months. And mm. the biggest thing was just so much of gray, dreary skies without going months that felt like without seeing the sun. So I'm not going to mention that it's like 70 degrees here and perfectly sunny today. I, I, I wouldn't do that to you. So, 
Thank you. Yeah, it's it's pouring rain right now. So <laughs> lovely. That's a yeah. fascinating journey. And the thing that really stands out to me there was you touched a lot on this idea that you were interested in leadership. You're interested in communication. You're interested in in training and the employee experience. And I run into lots of people that have interest. They're interested in this or that, whatever it may be, but they really rarely act on it. So mm-hmm. you know, when I get to talk with folks that have that interest and then are very proactive about it and just reaching out to the people at their organization saying, hey, I don't have a background, but I'm really interested. I'm willing to help. I'm passionate. I'm excited. That's just so cool to hear from taking that initiative now to kind of being out on your own, running your own business mm-hmm. and helping companies do that is just, that is so cool to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. It's I, I also feel very fortunate to have worked for companies who were in very high growth phases. And so they welcomed that opportunity. And I I do know, you know, I hear some people of there's a lot of limitations and restrictions at the companies that they worked at. So I do feel that there was a lot of good timing and, and leadership that gave me that trust. I know not everyone has that, but I'm I'm very grateful for it. One of the things that you mentioned a little bit was around this idea of the employee employee experience, which has become, I would say, more prominent, more well-known, I would say, at least within the last decade. Prior to that, you didn't hear a whole lot about the employee experience. The scale was tipped very much so in the favor of the employer. But really now, companies are focusing a lot on that, what I would call full life cycle, from mm-hmm. you know, prior to hiring mm-hmm. somebody to you know when they're maybe they're exiting on their own choice or they're, they're leaving the organization, maybe they weren't performing, whatever it may be. But Talk a little bit about what all goes into that employee experience from your perspective. Wow, that's a good a good question. And you just highlighted there's so many parts of the before, the during, after the hiring. And I think something that I've observed is, is there's like the systems, there's the, all right, they need this piece of equipment, they need this process, they need this access. And that's a whole beast in and of itself. But then there's just asking the question of what does an employee need to know and believe and feel on their very first day, in their very first week? Um, and something that I've had my mindset shifted around, I I was fortunate to lead a lot of people who were very uh, much more experienced than I was, people who had degrees that I didn't have or, you know, my very first leadership role, everyone else on the team was older than me and had actually been on the team for longer than me was. And so I share that to say with onboarding, I realized whether it was myself onboarding to a team or onboarding new employees at any level is really making them a partner in their employee experience. And a lot of the time with the customer experience, depending on what you're providing, you know, they select option A, they get option A. And so we tried to do the same with the employee experience of they're in this role where they're going to do this task, and then they can go to this series of roles. And so I think the more that companies can involve the employee in that experience and say, you know, even in as early as the onboarding experience, here are some things that I have in mind for your learning. But how do you learn? <clears throat> excuse me. How do you learn best? You know, what's exciting to you? You're bringing so much experience to the team. That's why we've hired you. You know, what would you do in this position? Or what do you want to prioritize? And so I think just giving the employees more ownership of where they want to go and 
helping them understand that our careers are a map with multiple destinations. And it isn't just you come in and you go from A to B to C. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck and feel like they need to quit or they're they're becoming disengaged is because they don't see that vision of all these different destinations and possibilities within a company. Um, you know, for myself, I was an account manager in the customer retention department, and I ended up in the training and development department, you know, and so I think just giving employees that flexibility to acquire knowledge outside of their role, which once again, takes scheduling and willingness and trust and, and, knowing that your employee is going to stay at the company for a long time if they have that. One of the things that you said there was fantastic, and it's where I believe a lot of companies miss the boat. You said part of that employee experience, especially with onboarding, is around what do the employees need to know, believe, and feel, kind of in that first day, week, month, so to speak, most companies are great at what do you need to know? Like, here's how we do this. Here's what we do yeah. this. Here's our value prop. You know, they just, you're drinking from the fire hose from that first week or month. But they, I think, fail a little bit on that side of really, you know, what, what do we believe? What are our core values? What's the mission here? Mm -hmm. And then also, how do we want people to feel when they come in? They want them to feel welcome, to be, to feel respected, like they can bring bring their whole self to work. I think companies are getting better and it's a great opportunity to differentiate yourself as an employee if you really are focusing on those three things. And a big part of that does come down to communication. You, you touched on it, simply asking, you know, you know, how do you learn best? How do you communicate best? Or how can I best communicate with you? So to maybe kind of go, go along those lines a little bit, Ella, you know, when you hear this idea of, or the term that somebody's a great communicator, or they have really strong communication skills. What's that mean to you? Yeah, one thing that comes to my mind when I when I've thought about this, and just in my own experiences, uh, one practice to to give something very tangible. One practice that I did with my teams is we would create a user manual for each person on the. You created your own. And just like you're describing a product, you said, this is how I best work. These are my bugs. These are my greatest features. Um, you know, here's my history. Here's previous versions of myself. Um, here's optimizations and things. So people got very creative and very fun um, and used memes and past experiences, all those things. And so every time a new person joined the team, we would dedicate an hour and we would all share our user manuals and people would adapt their manuals as they continued on in their careers. But I share that to say, I think that a good communicator an effective communicator is someone who gets to know essentially this invisible user manual that everyone has of how they like to have feedback or how they like to be invited to things and challenged, how much feedback is too much, um, and I say feedback just because that's always the hot topic, right, is, mm -hmm. is feedback. But it's also, uh, you know, appreciation, recognition, how they want to set goals. Um, and so the more that you can understand the user manual of those around you, I think the mo more effective you can be um, in those in those interpersonal interactions, which just goes back to asking a lot of questions. And also allowing for those answers to change. 
I had a team member who, you know, kind of changed her style of how she'd like to work and collaborate on projects. She was a little more independent and wanted to work by herself. And as she gained confidence and new skill sets, she wanted to take the lead on things. So it's getting to know the user manual, but also being willing to let that adapt and recognize if that is adapting and, and how you need to adjust your communication. So we all have this invisible user manual. I absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. I have never heard of that concept before. And it, it makes complete sense. Everyone's a little bit different. And I, I really like the idea of past version histories and the bugs. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And you know, it reminds me, I was, I was recently a guest on a leadership podcast. And you know, I talked about this idea of when you move into leadership, it's no longer about you. It's about the people on your team. And you really need to get to know, know them and how to best get the best out of them, so to speak. And a big mm -hmm. part of that is understanding what's their communication style. You know, are they best, you know, maybe for certain things through text message or this person, I really need to pick up the phone and talk through things where somebody else, I know I can handle it through email. And then also the idea that things may change, for example, what motivates somebody. If I think of my career over the past, say, 15 years, when I first started, I was motivated by much different things than I am now. At certain points, it was around money. Certain points, it was getting into, say, a leadership position. More now, it's trying to find not only stability and security, but then also being able to be very creative and flexible in the work that I do and really enjoy it and be passionate about it. So it is, it's just knowing that people have these manuals where you can understand how to best communicate with them and work with them, but it's a, it's not a static document. There are going to be those version histories. Mm -hmm. So cool. That's awesome. You know, Ella, as, as you're working with, with clients today and the work that you've done throughout your career in training and in leadership, what are some of the, the communication skills that you're really seeing are mission critical for businesses today? Well, I think we've touched on it in part of which is, is can't be over communicated, but just knowing that communication is so individual and that everything has to be adapted to that individual person. But there, there are also times where you're leading a meeting or a project and you're communicating with dozens, hundreds of different types of people, depending on what, what your level is. And one thing that I think is so simple, but I was just thinking about it yesterday is, is the ability to create a common language uh, with other people. And what I mean by that is like, I had an experience early in my career where I had kind of a quick turnaround project. I was in the business and analytics department of, of this company before I moved into training. And I said, you know, we need you to dive in and find out why this certain group of customers is canceling. And we want to know factors around their packages and pricing or experiences. And, and we need you to dive in. And it was like a 48 hour turnaround of looking at this set of data, listening to calls, analyzing accounts. So my team and I dive in, we send this report and I'm feeling so pleased about the work that we've done. It was quick. It was effective. And the director who I shared it with was like, you you didn't answer my question like i i'm not seeing what you've done and i i'm having this crisis moment of like oh my gosh and my direct leader after that walked through with me where i missed in my communication and he said you know 
Mike said, you know, he wanted to know why customers were canceling, but when you presented the information to him, you didn't present it in terms of these are the top three reasons why customers are canceling. You said, of recently canceled customers, here are different attributes and trends. And so I I hmm. answered the question, but I didn't use direct that director's language. And that might sound like such a silly thing of like, you know what? Well, the message is, is still there. But something I see as organizations, whether they're smaller or larger, is when people don't have common understanding and language of how we ask questions, how we answer questions, how we define success, it becomes difficult for employees to take risks. I talk a lot with people about the the relationship between clarity and flexibility. If you have a lot of clarity, but no flexibility, then people aren't happy and, and everyone just is trying to become a stamp of their leader or whatever that person thinks. But if people have a lot of flexibility, like I did with that project of, hey, go answer this question, I failed to ask clarifying questions. They didn't give that information. So if you have the flexibility without the clarity, you create a lot of meaningful work, but it doesn't add the value that it could have if you had that clarity to, you know, include certain elements. And and hopefully that example makes sense. But mm-hmm. I think I'll boil it down to that relationship of of clarity and flexibility in communication is letting someone know, hey, Scott, I want you to find these three answers to the project. When it comes to this first aspect, I want you to take total creative freedom. You're the expert. And I am excited to see what you come up with. Mm -hmm. For answers two and three, we actually need very specific outcomes because I have a meeting tomorrow where I'm expected to share that information with my boss. And so getting that context, getting the full clarity around a situation but then also knowing where you can just take the reins is what gives employees and leaders, I think, that peace of mind of we're communicating well, we're getting things things done. There's there's so much powerful stuff in there and so many lessons to be learned from that example. That's a fantastic example. I, two big things stood out to me. One is it's a common mistake that people make when they communicate something is assuming just because they've said it, the person on the receiving end understands what they mean. I, I need you to go mm-hmm. go do this, go find this out, answer this question, whatever it may be. Just by putting it out there is not communicating. That's simply knowledge sharing or knowledge transfer, mm. information transfer, but really making sure, as you said, that from the person asking for this report, that they are very, very clear as to what they're asking, what they need. And then especially the context as to why they need it. I have a meeting with senior leadership where I need to be able to tell them X, Y, and Z. So I think that's one thing. When you're communicating something, making sure that the person on the other side really is on the same page as you. And that is just one, being clear in your communications, adding the context. And then the third thing, checking for understanding, right? You know, pausing Mm -hmm. and making sure that that other person does understand. Then the second component of that that I, I do see a lot is, and I've experienced this throughout my career, is sometimes the organizational culture isn't at a place where people feel comfortable asking those questions. Mm -hmm. If they didn't get what they needed, they weren't quite comfortable to pause and say, uh, is this what you mean? Or do you mean this? Really, what are you looking for? Can you give me some more detail? 
And it was funny. It reminded me an episode from reminded me of an episode from the TV show, the office where, you know, they had the new, new office manager comes in and he asks one of the sales reps, Hey, can you give me a rundown of all your top accounts? And because the managers knew he didn't feel comfortable asking what on earth a rundown was. And he spent his entire day stressing and fretting and doing version after version after version. And it turned out it, it was something very simple, but because of that lack of communication, so much time and energy was wasted and he ultimately didn't get what he, what he needed in the end of it. So no, that was a great example. Ella, as you think of your career journey and the success that you've had, you know, if you had to, to boil it down and say maybe one or two communication skills that have really helped you to be successful throughout your career, what would you say those are? That is hard to boil down, which not to say that I just have this long <laughs> list of communication skills, but to simplify it, one thing that I am very proud of that I work very hard on is my ability to make other people feel comfortable. And and while that, that sounds so simple, I've, I've worked with people from frontline employees sitting at a desk to you know, my last company, I was working with truck drivers and I was working with manual workers out in the field. I was also working with their associate directors. And I think the ability to make someone feel accepted and comfortable, uh, I think we often think that, oh, I'm talking to an associate director. I'm talking to a senior manager. They're fine. Um, but taking the time to ask what's on someone's mind validate how they're feeling and this might also sound silly and I told this to my team like anytime that you can get someone to laugh or crack a smile in a meeting like that's that's a win and so I always try to not start out the meeting I mean you know there's a level of professionalism you need but just of like kind of making light of things that you can and making other people feel comfortable is also another way that you can, yeah, help them to just remember, oh, I'm just a human, the problem that we're solving. I mean, I, I, you know, it's not heart surgery. We're figuring out the best way to structure a training and we're going to, you know, it's going to be okay. So I think we talked about it a little bit just in that past example, but the shame that can surround someone not feeling comfortable to ask questions mm -hmm. I occasionally would talk with senior leaders who would say, you know, I feel so embarrassed, but I actually would really appreciate your help walking through this process. And it wasn't because I was, you know, this expert that had all this information, but they're like, you know, I've, I've been at a company for a few years and I've just simply never understood why we do things this way, or mm -hmm. this is a process I haven't had to do a lot. And Hey, no worries. This process is difficult for me and I'm in charge of it. So let's dive in together and, and let's get this off your plate and you can go about the rest of your day. I'm so glad you reached out. Just helping people to release that shame or that pressure that they need to project themselves in a certain way, uh, I think is a skill that's helped me connect with lots of different levels and, and different types of people. And I think, uh, you know, if I could say one other thing, it's the ability to to phrase questions and and dig deeper in a situation and and listen to others 
And I say that one specifically because I'm such a talkative person that early on in my career, I thought that being in a position of power or influence meant that I was a key player in every meeting and every conversation and I needed to have something to say. And I also think we see that in leaders around us or, or, you know, there's the leader has the last word or they always have something to add or always have something to disagree. And I was very grateful to be corrected in that and that I needed to hand over the reins to other people in the conversation. And I would even have sticky notes on my desk that said, you know, my goal for that meeting was to make two comments in a one hour meeting instead of six. And there's Mm -hmm. no perfect ratio. It's whatever ratio is allowing as much equal participation of the people in that room as possible. And so I think practicing my ability to hand over the agenda to someone else or to know that maybe I didn't need to be in the meeting, that also helped me realize that, which maybe, you know, is a little bit of a tangent from Mm -hmm. communication directly. But the more I realized, you know, why am I speaking? What is the impact? You know, can I give someone else the reins? The more it also helped me realize opportunities for me to delegate and step back. And that, you know, if I wasn't communicating or participating in the meeting, what's my point in being there? Can someone else own that, enjoy it, report back, and I'm a point of support? Do I always have to be that point of ownership? So hopefully that that makes sense of sorts. But I think just mm-hmm. practicing the ability to hand over the reins. As you can see from my long-winded answer, I can I can talk quite a bit. So practicing, reducing, uh, you know, the length of my answers. Yeah. So I, I would say I heard two two things there that that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first example they gave, real this idea of I think some vulnerability, right? A, mm-hmm. a core component to really getting to know people and getting them to feel comfortable. I think sometimes is that vulnerability, whether it's either just opening up about yourself, sharing, and asking questions, asking for help, maybe using a little bit of humor, sometimes self-deprecating humor, really opening up. And that's a, I will say a powerful skill is to be able to get people to feel comfortable, not only just that they enjoy being around you, but they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. coming to you with questions when they don't know something, they don't understand something. Oftentimes that happens, especially with a leader is when they demonstrate or model that skill that as the leader, I'm not afraid to say, I don't know, mm-hmm. let me find out. I'm not afraid to speak up in a meeting and ask a question. By modeling that, it signals to the team that it's it's okay not to know everything or to have to be perfect. I think when, a lot of times too, the bigger the organization, the higher those fears and maybe some of those self-imposed expectations can be for people to really feel that they always have to be on. They can never show a crack in the foundation. So I think by sometimes modeling that vulnerability really can help. Then the second part that I heard was this idea of self-awareness, understanding Mm -hmm. and being aware. Am I talking in this meeting just because I feel like I should be talking because of the role I have on this team, the role I have on this steering committee, whatever it may be, stepping back and realize, okay, I don't need to do that. Or am I talking just because Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to be heard because someone else is on the call and I want to make sure that they hear my voice. So Mm. if you combine these ideas of vulnerability, self-awareness, really 
really can help make somebody a, a truly compassionate and engaging and powerful leader for people because they feel safe. They feel able to ask questions, to engage, to perhaps sometimes respectfully disagree. So that's a really powerful combination. Thank you. That that was a, a very eloquent summary. So, yeah. Ella, as, as you think through your career journey, who has been somebody that has really influenced your communication style? You know, what did you perhaps take from them and tweak it a little bit and make your own? I will go back to the leader that I mentioned in the, in that project example, his name was Mike. And I was, I was a first time supervisor and a first time assistant manager under his leadership. And so going from being in a support role as a team lead to like, all right, I own the success in the production of a team. And he really helped me how to clearly state what I wanted in a more concise way. So he taught me that lesson, right? About finding the same language, but being the long-winded person that I am, sometimes I would send these summary reports to associate directors or senior VPs, whatever we're looking at. And I'm writing four paragraphs of context and we found this and we wondered if we should do this, but then we ended up making this decision and that's why I'm sharing this information with you and all good information. Mm -hmm. And, and he simply said, he's like, Ella, you are brilliant, but no one's reading your emails. You're wondering why you're not getting a response back. It's too long. No one's going to read it. And it essentially taught me the art of the TLDR, uh, you know, of the too long, <laughs> you don't actually need to read. Yep. He's like, your whole email is, is, you know, and I, I'm an academic person and an academic writer. And so he's like, I think that is coming out where you're feeling the need to <laughs> hit this word count, which as we grow up, we're always taught, you know, that quantity is quality. You know, yep. your pa your page has to be three pages. Oh, what if you could get across your point in two paragraphs? Doesn't matter. You have to fill up the three pages. You have to fill up the 700 words. So anyway, he really taught me how to be more concise and just simplify things by asking questions of like, what needs to be true for this problem to be solved? Or what is at risk here if this problem is not solved? Or what does good look like? What does done look like? Which are just the most simple questions, but mm -hmm. back to what we've talked about without asking those, I think being a ambitious and just excited new leader, you know, something would come off the tip of his tongue and I'd be like, great, I'll get started on it because I wanted that appearance of just being quick to jump in and get things going. And I think after a few times of being misaligned, he, he really helped me narrow in and realize that it's it's better to spend, there's, this, there's an Albert Einstein quote that says, you know, if he had an hour to solve a problem and the fate of the world depended on it, he would spend 55 minutes asking questions about the problem and then he would spend five minutes answering it. And so I think that's really what Mike helped me learn how to practice is just ask more questions. And it's, it's not something I'm perfect at. Um, but definitely has improved the quality of my communication mm -hmm. is just asking more questions. I, I'm right there with you as a somebody whose personality is a problem solver. When mm -hmm. I see a problem, I hear about a problem, I don't even have to be asked about to try and solve it. I just immediately want to jump in and try and fix it. But to your point, slowing down, and it's something I continue to work on myself at home and at work, slow mm -hmm. down, 
ask a lot of questions, provide the context as to why you're asking those questions. You're going to get some great information that will help you solve that problem likely better. You may have been able to solve it the first time, but it may have been solved for how you wanted it. Maybe not necessarily for somebody how, how somebody else really needed it, kind of to the example you gave earlier with that report. And, you know, a lot of it we see, you know, with the company that I lead, Communispond, we hear from a lot of our clients that are saying similar to what you said about the writing. If your students mm. spend their entire academic career writing based on page length, word count, all that type of stuff. So they get into the business world and then they are, they're writing those very long emails that nobody reads, nobody responds to. So, you know, we really work with them to develop a format for their writing. And you know, if you think about that report you were talking about earlier, like why are customers leaving? If you were to send that in a summary, you know, Ella, here's the top three reasons why customers are leaving. Then you want to say, here's what I need you to do with this information. I need approval to add two team members to the account retention team, whatever. Then you're going to give them all the details. Here's all the different things that I did. And then you're going to kind of give them any evidence that they might need. Attached are some of the reports or the formula, whatever. You follow that format. That way you could send that message out to the CEO, to your boss, maybe to some of the direct reports on your team. Everybody's going to be able to, one, quickly identify what's the core message here. And then some people need to act on it. Others people just need to read it. Some people are going to want to dive into the research. So they're going to pull up the attachments. So by really structuring your messages in a really a solid format, you're going to be able to achieve the same objective and get that message out to multiple levels within the organization. I I love that. And it's so interesting how even a simple, you know, bolding of, of the phrase in your email, what I need from you by the end of today. Mm -hmm. is, you know, approval for this, or my question that I need an answer on is this. It's, and, and it's remarkable how you simplify that. And it's, yeah. it's just so much more effective. You're getting the responses you need. You know, yep. you come across as, as a better leader or just, you know, individual communicator. Definitely. And where you put that statement in your message, if it's buried mm -hmm. at the bottom, somebody may have given up on scrolling before they got there. So uh, if you have it up top where you need yeah. it, spot on, you're going to get much higher response rate. Yeah. I, As I totally we are agree. wrapping up, Ella, I want to make sure I'm respectful of time here. What piece of closing advice would you have for somebody out there that's listening, whether they're fresh out of school and maybe they're thinking about you know, starting their own business, they're fresh into the job, job market, the professional business place, could be mid-career, looking to make a pivot, go do something else. What advice would you have for them around the importance of communication skills and the impact they can have on their career? One phrase that I've had on, on many sticky notes on my desk is just the phrase, why not ask? Or the question, why not ask? Um, and so, you know, if it's developing a skill, if it's wanting to know if you can take on a project, or let's say you're looking to switch fields, you see someone on LinkedIn or social media who's really good at that. They're very interesting. Why not ask to talk with them for 30 minutes? You know, me listening to your podcast, I said, what a great podcast. I'd love to be on this. Why not ask? Why not reach mm -hmm. out? And I, I think people will be pleasantly surprised at how willing people are to support them in their journey. And so often, I think when people aren't succeeding in their careers, it's because they're isolating themselves. I'm the only one who has these problems. Nobody else knows what I'm going through. All right, why not ask someone to give you advice? Why not find a mentor 
inside or outside of your company. And, um, you know, as it relates to developing communication skills, I think the best way that you can develop those skills is finding someone that you respect and trust to give you clear feedback. You know, hey, Scott, I'm working on sending shorter emails. Could you commit to reviewing some of my reports once a week with me and giving me feedback? And I would also say as a leader, asking your team members for feedback, going back to that value of practicing vulnerability, it it was something that helped me build a lot of trust with my team members, whether they had more experience than me or not, is, you know, hey, so-and-so, I'm really working on making sure that I let everyone equally participate in the meeting. So I would like you to take over the agenda and I'd also like you to to give me feedback on how well you think our team is participating in these meetings and what I can do to play a better role in that or what we need to do to, to foster that on the team. So, you know, they call that priming the pump, but I think just giving people specific things that you're working on um, and, and finding people that you respect to give you that feedback because I... Early in my career, I thought I knew a lot about great communication because I knew all these buzzwords from reading leadership books. And it wasn't until I had leaders who were very courageous and direct and clear and sometimes to me what felt like too harsh, but they were so abundantly clear that it was like, oh, all right, that you know, that that makes sense. And so I think finding people that you respect to give you feedback is is really important and then not isolating yourself, asking for help. Why not ask? Love it. It reminded me of, um, date myself here a little bit, the the great hockey player, Wayne Gretzky. I think he's you really, and, and also a tie into another tie into the office where Michael Scott tries to steal the quote or attribute it to himself and then to Wayne Gretzky, but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yes. You know, for me with this podcast, I'm having to step outside of my comfort zone and you know, ask people in my network if they would like to, to join and even branching out to people outside of my network to key business leaders that I see and I admire, ask. Yeah, the worst they can say is no. I had you know, somebody last week just said, nope, don't have the time to do that right now, but never would have known had I not asked that question. So ask the question. And then I love this idea of be specific. That's really important, especially if you're going to ask somebody for help is rather than saying, hey, can I pick your brain for a little bit? If somebody's very busy, they have a crazy schedule, they might not respond to that. But if I get it from somebody, whether it's somebody that I know or even sometimes people that I don't know, hey, you know, Scott, I see that you work for this communication skills company. You talk a lot about X, Y, Z on your show. I was just wondering maybe if I can get you know, 10, 15 minutes, I want to talk to you about this thing that I'm trying to improve on, whatever it may be. I'm definitely more apt to respond to that favorably than if somebody is just saying, hey, can I pick your brain for a little bit? So ask the question, be specific. Ella, thank you so much for joining me today. Really did uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing all of your great insights and I hope you have a great day. Thank you for having me as a guest and hope you have a great day as well. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. A special thanks again to my guest, Ella Wright. Ella brought up a great point about being aware of why you are talking or perhaps not talking during a meeting. I encourage you to reflect upon and seek feedback around your communication and participation in meetings. In some cases, what you learn 
can be career changing. If you are finding value in this show, leaving a rating or review would be highly appreciated. And as always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.